inspired, informative, and entertaining. This broadcast is brought to you by Women in Christian Leadership. Welcome to It's Her Story, a weekly broadcast featuring women who inspire us to be the best versions of ourselves, bringing the heart, the soul, and the brilliance of women to the forefront by sharing their unique stories. I'm your host, Karen Colonna, engaging guests to share their stories of how God has led them to it, delivered them through it, and prepared them for it. I love it. We're going to talk about helping women to be friends. That isn't a topic we haven't covered yet, Stephanie. And I am excited because we all know how women can be. Well, hey, everybody, welcome back to another episode of It's Her Story. I am Karen. We meet here often, and I'm so glad that you've taken the time to join us here. For those of you who don't know, we are brought to you by Women in Christian Leadership. If you haven't checked out the things that we are bringing to women across the globe, please take a little wander over to womeninchristianleadership.com. You can click on programs and there are so many ways that you can get engaged in our community and that we can help educate, equip, and elevate women all over just by stepping out of our ourself and into this community. That lead-in is perfect because today I have with me Stephanie Price. She's going to talk with us about the power of that community, how women, you know what, you all know how we are. We need our friends. That is our community, but it comes with, sometimes we need to learn how our unique individual purpose can tie into that community and help us to build the friendships and sustain those that God wants for us. So Stephanie, I'm going to say hello and welcome you to It's Her Story. Hello, Karen. I'm glad to be here. Well, Stephanie has been a part of a greater impact staff since 2015 and as an event planner for conferences. Uh, You've shared that you love to help people feel welcome when they attend a teaching class or a conference. Becoming a greater impact certified coach in 2021, you're a passionate leader of our Daughters of Sarah class. And Stephanie's currently enrolled in the Deeper Walk Prayer Ministry training where she is learning how to navigate others through spiritual warfare and into the love of our Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, I'm excited to hear a little bit more about spiritual warfare. Um, I'm, I'm armed and ready to go. She also serves on the local women's ministry leadership team at her church. Stephanie and her husband, Phil, live in Eaton, Ohio, and they have two adult children who are married and have given them seven awesome grandchildren. Wow. You're already surrounded by God's glory and grace, Stephanie. Absolutely. And I'm very uh, thankful and grateful for it. Well, as we jump into today's topic, I think I shared earlier, we've never really dug deep into friendship, women's friendship. As we were talking in our pre-discussion, we've both raised daughters. We've both survived growing up. And I will tell you, I've got some amazing tribes that I am surrounded by from grade school, high school, my parent group. I have a soulmate. Let's just jump right in. And why is this topic something that is really important to your heart? God created us to live in community, and he created us to be surrounded by people. And we have the need to be known by others. And if not 
then we tend to forget what our purpose is here on earth. And God has given us all a purpose. And in order for us to see change, we need to have that happen within a community of people. And all of our relationships have a purpose. All of our relationships have a purpose. So as you've navigated life, do you find that people come in and out of your life in different seasons and sometimes it's it's painful when they go out, but there's a reason? Absolutely. Um, there are people who come into your life just for that particular moment and time that you need want need them. And I can think of a girl and I'm looking at her picture right now who I had her in my a season of my life for probably only about 18 months. And she helped me navigate a very hard time. She and her husband helped me navigate a really, really uh, difficult move. And then she passed away. And so she's no longer a part of my life. But I do believe God sent her here during that time frame to minister to me and for me to minister to her. Wow. When you say that, we had had a nanny. And a year into that relationship, my daughter was diagnosed. And we have family all over town. And she was the one that took care of my youngest as we went in and out of the hospital and did all the things that came with this diagnosis. She was the one that we trusted my youngest to. She was the one that made sure my home was orderly when I got back. She was sent by God for us to survive cancer Mm -hmm. all the way through the end of my daughter's life. And I went on, I didn't need that job anymore. Um, Actually, I didn't work for six years. And so that relationship ended, but I've told her for years, God sent you to us Mm -hmm. to be the anchor of my heart and soul as we traverse this challenge. So your friend who came in and who provided this beautiful gift of support in in an area where you needed it, her purpose in part was for you. So purpose is a beautiful thing and friendship is a beautiful thing, but it doesn't always shine with the grace of God. So you talked a little bit earlier. I read that word, spiritual warfare. And I'm curious to know how you might apply that particular thought process to navigating the friends in our life. Well, I like to, I like to imagine a circle and actually three or four circles when I'm thinking about friendships or friends and imagine how Jesus had his friends. He had his three, Peter, James, and John. And then he had his 12 disciples, which Peter, James, and John were a part of. And then he had his 70, which again, the disciples were a part of. And then he had the masses. So he intimately got to know those three within his circle. He also got to really know those next people. And then the next set of people, his friends, his disciples had to get to know them as well as what he had to get to know them. That's where they could begin to find and search out and seek and define the spiritual warfare. It's not until you really get to know someone 
that you can help them to identify how the enemy is actually attacking. The enemy works in a lot of ways that maybe I don't see how it's working, but that person of those three within my group can help to point that out to me. Do you think this could be? What do you think if? Just questions that they can help to ask to help me to realize and look and seek and know that this is the enemy working against me. Every time you talk, Stephanie, it's as if you've seen into a part of my life. It's crazy. I do believe in divine intervention when we come together here in this platform on It's Her Story. The gift that I receive from from each and every guest is simply priceless. And I have one of those friends in my life. And she has brought an amazing level of spirituality. Part of my growth in the past 10 years has come from her. And when we were on the phone, this happened yesterday, I could hear it in her voice. And I said, you're not centered. And she said, no, I'm not. And I could hear, and she was talking about all the things out here, you know, that were causing her discomfort. And I said, that's not what I hear. I hear this. This is the root. These are what you're, you're building it on. She does the same thing to me. She will literally call me out and go, Karen, I can hear it. Uh Turn to your readings, start, go find one on this. And we hold each other emotionally and spiritually accountable in gosh, I wish everybody in the world had that partner to walk through. She's my connection to Christ. When I'm too bogged down in literally, like you said, the cloak, the, en- the enemies wrapped me up to keep me warm. Uh-huh. Exactly. And she yep. comes in. And so if I'm listening and I'm thinking, well, I don't have one of those people. How can folks, I don't know, look at those circles, the three, the 12, the 70. How do we go about finding or accepting that type of friendship from someone? I think a lot of it goes back to the old adage to be a friend or to have a friend, you have to be a friend. And in order to really be a friend, you have to be willing to step out and take chances. You have to be willing to step out and get hurt. You have to initiate. You can't wait for this person you think over there would be the perfect friend for you. If you feel that that's what the Lord is leading you to, you go initiate it. Go invite her out for a lot of people say for a cup of coffee. Me, I'm going to invite her to go to the Dairy Queen and have a blizzard. (laughs) What kind of blizzard are you having, Stephanie? I need to know this. It's very important. I am having a chocolate brownie extreme blizzard with chocolate soft serve ice cream. My goodness. Okay. I am a Reese's peanut butter girl over here with vanilla ice cream. And I only want chocolate jimmies and I want them literally, I need like an inch. I really hesitate to connect with women who don't like chocolate. Well, don't you think it's organically, biologically, not logic to not like chocolate? Exactly. (laughs) I kind of feel the same way about wine and chocolate, but that's just my personal preference. But (laughs) It's interesting. So when you think about that, putting yourself out there, there's a vulnerability. None of us want 
to put ourselves out there and be rejected. Uh, My oldest daughter went through a big struggle when she was in high school where she had trouble with friends. I watched her put herself out there and engage, engage, engage. And then I watched the door slam over and over. And the pain of that was almost unbearable. I literally have tribes and they're not surface tribes. So she saw that and she was so desperate to have a a connection and it didn't happen. And it really made her draw back and not trust. And it broke my heart. Then God put her in a situation once she got off to college where she was able to learn a different way to engage and make friends and how she, it did come back to a lot of ways, how she was presenting herself to the people she engaged with. And she learned that there was different ways she could offer to be a friend that drew in the kind of friendship that she was seeking. So there's a piece of this. I'm curious to know your thoughts on the accountability of our role in being a good friend. We definitely have to be able to put ourselves out there. And as deep as we are willing to go in a deep, in a friendship is how deep someone else will go in that same friendship. If we're just going to be surface level, we're going to find that's where the bulk of our friends are going to be. Now, I'm not saying you can just spew everything to the first person you meet. That, that's not what I'm saying. But you have to build a level of vulnerability and transparency. And you have to be willing to do that in order for others to feel comfortable that they can do that without being hurt. Well, and I think it's sometimes it's hard when the person, when there's not equal reciprocity in friendship. A lot of times, of you know, I think we've all experienced where someone's like, you're not available to me. You never give me enough time. And then at least in my world, I have those friendships where we're on the phone and it's like, oh my gosh, my daughter's calling, got to go by, click. And we have zero judgment. That's just our friendship. We're available when we're available, when we're not, we're not. But that tether of love, connection, and respect is never severed. Right. That's more of a friendship. The other one you first described is a relationship. It's not a friendship. It's not a give and take. In order for it to be a friendship, there has to be give and take. You have to be willing to do things you don't like to do with them. They have to be willing to do things they don't like with you. You have to also step up to that higher level of that accountability. And if you aren't willing to hold someone else accountable, they're never going to hold you accountable. Personally, I love to be in an accountability relationship. And one of my best friends that who is most capable of that actually lives in Dallas, Texas. And we can be on a a Zoom. We can be on a conference call. We can be in a setting together um, when we're at a meeting together. And she can peg exactly the moment when I shut down and walled off because of something that happened. And she is willing to step out of her comfort zone and say, "Hmm, 
What triggered it? What happened? What can we do? What are you feeling? And I can't, um, I can't try and gloss it over. I can't try and say, oh, nothing. Oh, there's nothing. Because she can see right through it. Well, when people know that part of you, I think some people choose to have the relationships that you discussed, that you named earlier, where it only goes so deep because those particular people will not see through the veil. They won't push, they won't challenge. And a true friend is willing to lose your friendship to love exactly. you. Exactly. Yes, absolutely, positively. And some people only have so much of a maturity capacity um, in that they can only they can only handle so much information from you and they really can't go that deep because they don't have the maturity level. Um, Just because someone is 45 doesn't mean that they have a 45 year old spiritual maturity level. And that is, that is something that also within this deeper walk prayer ministry class that I've learned to recognize. And one of the big ones that I've been able to see is the fact that when, um, especially an adult female has never had children, whether or not they've been married, but if they've never had children, raised children, foster cared children, if they've just always ever cared for themselves or maybe another adult, they don't have the maturity level to ever be in the parent category and learn to care for someone else. They just don't know how to do it. Well, it's interesting because when we surround ourselves, I think we can probably sit if we were to, you know, put up a whiteboard and write down our friends' names. If if, I'm visual. So if I see that different friends have different roles in our lives. And some of my, I mentioned my, my my spiritual buddy who knows me in and out. I do have an accountability partner. During one of our initial coffee and conversations, the speaker, Robin Brunn, who is a spiritual life coach, suggested that we find an accountability partner. And mine, we'd never met before. We were on a Zoom. She messaged me directly and said, would you be my accountability partner? And I said, sure. And a year and a half later, I have this beautiful friendship with her. And she's somebody that we may have never met in another form. We are very different, different life phases, different what we do. But we have built, we've built something very special. And there's a vulnerability I have with her in certain areas of my life that are unique to that relationship. Mm-hmm. And I am, I am blessed. I will tell you, I go to bed, I wake up, my gratitude list. <laughs> I am blessed with wonderful friends. I said that at the beginning. And each circle serves a different purpose in my life. And there's a topic I, I was thinking in my head and along these lines, I also have different boundaries Yes, with different friends. So let's talk for a second about the role that boundaries play. We talked about being vulnerable, but there's that that's one exchange, but there's also boundaries that make friendships healthy. Right. And one of those boundaries can be when that person who is going to keep you on the phone for 45 minutes and you don't have 45 minutes calls you 
you don't answer your phone. You just let it go to voicemail because that's a boundary you've set because you know you don't have what it takes to give her what she needs at that point in time. So that can be a boundary. Another boundary can be the fact that, again, for me, a lot of time, it's just a time limit kind of thing. So no, I can't meet you next Thursday at two o'clock. I can meet you next Thursday at three o'clock and I have until 345. So I am pretty good at putting a quantification on my time and knowing that um, this is what I can do with it. I have not always been good with that. That is something that I have learned. Another thing I've learned with boundaries is I used to have a friend that was in my inner circle. She was one of those three, you know, and then it happened that I had a major crisis and I had walked through her with her two or three major crises big time. But now I have one and she doesn't have time for me. And she can't make space for me. And she not only has moved from the three to the 12, but from the 12 to the 70 and now out to the masses in that. I can't tell you when the last time is I spoke to her, but if I can't count on her, then I can't keep her in that inner circle. And I can't keep reaching out to someone who isn't or doesn't have the capacity to reach back. What do you think scripture tells us or God's example, Jesus's example is during his time here on how we navigate through circumstances like that in both identifying friendships, building them and letting them go? He built them with his disciples, with his people who followed him. When he sent his disciples out and they weren't accepted, he told them to kick the dust off their feet and don't worry about it. And there's times we have to learn to kick the dust off our feet and move on. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying it's easy to leave that person behind. I miss the friendship and the relationship we had. But friendship is two-sided. It is not a one-way street. And if it can't be a two-way street, It's not really a friendship. It's just a relationship or an acquaintance. Right now, I'm teaching a Bible study called Find Your People by Jenny Allen. And it talks about finding your people, finding your tribe, and the five key things that build into helping to find those people. And when I was doing my lesson the other day, it's like proximity. I live in the country. So like, I don't have people in a proximity, like if you live in town that you can walk down the street and you can meet five people within 15 minutes. So the Lord laid on my heart that there is a cashier at our local Kroger store who just is absolutely the most pleasant cashier. She goes above and beyond, out of her way, has a smile. And the Lord has just laid it on my heart that I am supposed to invite her out for a blizzard. Whether she'll go or not, I don't know. But that's not up to me to decide. And that's not up to me to make that decision as to whether or not I'm going to ask her because she may not respond. The Lord's laid it on my heart to go ask her. Maybe she needs a friend. Maybe we can become friends. Maybe this will just be a person that I can minister to. I don't know. 
but I totally believe in the fact that the Lord lays people on your heart to, to go to and initiate to be a friend. I think there are times he keeps you in friendships that are, are hard for a season so that they can be refreshed. Um, now I have my best friend from junior high. She is my only friend in the world who can boss me around and tell me what to do. And I never question it. It's the craziest thing. On the other hand, there are two important times where there have been situations and relationships that she was in that were dangerously going the way they shouldn't. And I was able to speak into her life. Not that she was really appreciative of it at the time, but when the last relationship went really south and the police came in, when the police left, who was her first phone call? It was to me. You know, you tried to warn me. Well, and it's, I think in those friendships, whether we're there for a particular purpose at the moment, sometimes those friendships are to prepare us for down the road for another encounter. And when you were talking about God, the, the, the checkout person at Kroger. So I was, I was at a nonprofit for several years. And at one of our events, a senior gentleman came up and I engaged him in conversation. Um, his wife, he was there in honor of her based upon the illness she had. And that aligned with where he was in his journey. And he looked at me and he goes, vice president of development, you're an important lady. Don't you have, you must have things to do. And I just looked at him and I said, I'm doing them. You're the, you're what I need to do. And fast forward a month and a half later, we were at our celebration party. He showed up in a room of 40 people. And I, the exact words you just said, the good Lord said, go over and invite that gentleman to coffee. He's uh, 35 years, my senior. And I went up and I, I reintroduced myself and shook his hand. And he said, why do you want to go to coffee with me? I said, I don't know. I said, I just know I'm supposed to ask you. And for the past year, it is actually coming up on a year. It was last October. We get together about every six weeks. His wife has since passed. And I cannot explain it to people. I said, I have this friend and he's got children but I think I am a safe place for him just to not be judged, not be coached and guided. And I, to this, I have a senior parent and it's a struggle for me. And I think sometimes maybe he was put in my life for me to realize the empathy and compassion that I have for him. I need to translate to her. But I, I, I remember that day I walked over to him and <laughs> why do you want to go have coffee with me? And I, I was so honest. I said, I don't know. I just know I'm supposed to. So we have to be an open receptor to these though. 10 minutes ago, take chances, be willing to get hurt, be vulnerable, take initiative. Those are all things that God calls of us. And in friendship, what a better way to give the greatest gift he gave us was to make us unique and complete in his, in his, um, complete in his, what sort I'm looking for, image. 
and to give of that to somebody else. Wow. Yeah, we need to be Christ with skin on for so many people. We have, I have a a lot of, of Christian friends. In fact, I would say the bulk of my friends are Christians. I don't know whether this cashier at Kroger is or not. And am I put into her life to bring her to know the Lord? I don't know. My, my objective with asking her out to have a blizzard is just to kind of get her know her better. Um, she's so happy. I want to know where her joy comes from. And maybe it comes from the Lord. And then I will have found another sister in Christ. Wow. I think that that is really the perfect ending to a perfect visit, Stephanie. I We both started. We weren't quite sure. We knew what we wanted to talk about, but we didn't know exactly the direction it would go. And I would say that it went beautifully and we ended on the perfect note. And I thank you for clicking and reaching out to us to share your story and your perspective on friendship and um, being Christ with skin on for other people. Wow. Thank you for your time and for your perspective and for joining us on It's Her Story. Thank you. It was very much a pleasure. Wow. Well, folks, I tell you what, Stephanie mentioned um, Finding Your People by Jenny Allen. I have not read it. It is upstairs in my bookcase. I love Jenny Allen. If you haven't, uh, haven't read or listened to her, so maybe you want to check that out. And if you are looking for some friends, friends who share a similar um, passion for the gifts of Jesus in our lives and how we can become, how we can live more for God's glory in what we do every day in our friendships and our leadership, come join us. You can go to womeninchristianleadership.com, click on the calendar, and you will see a bevy of options for you. And if you would like to join me like Stephanie did today, you can go to the programs tab, click on It's Her Story, and there is a button where you can share your name and information, and we'll reach out to you to engage and see what story is resonating in your heart that you would like to, to give a testimony on and share with with those who might need to hear it. So thank you. Thank you, Stephanie. Thank you very much. Oh, thank you everyone for joining us. And as always, may grace be yours. Thank you for listening to It's Her Story. I'm your host, Karen Colonna, bringing the heart, the soul, and the brilliance of women to the forefront through their unique stories. If you have a story that you'd like to share, if you'd like to learn more, visit us online at womeninchristianleadership.com. Subscribe so that you don't miss our brilliant lineup of guests. We hope that you'll join us next time for another episode of It's Her Story, brought to you by Women in Christian Leadership, a Jeannie Porter production.